Welcome to the Creative Spark podcast. I'm your host, Dominique Faller, and it is my mission to keep your creative spark alive, no matter how crazy your life gets. This podcast will teach you how to find the space to light your creative spark and fire up your creative side business. You can stay up to date on all the latest episodes by following us on Instagram at Creative Spark Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by my free funnel launch checklist. Head over to creativespark.link forward slash funnel and launch your first sales funnel with confidence. Let's dive into today's episode. You are listening to episode 40 of the Creative Spark podcast. I'm your host, Dominique Faller, and today we're discussing sales funnels and specifically why non-sleazy sales funnels are really important for creative entrepreneurs. Now, the first thing to talk about is what is a sales funnel? Because a lot of people might hear the term, but they don't necessarily know what it means. A sales funnel is just really a series or a sequence of web pages and maybe some email pages and maybe a shopping cart. There can also be some social media pages, blog pages, etc. All it is is really a sequence of information that guides a customer through the sort of attraction and interest journey and hopefully through then to a conversion. So that conversion might be to become a customer, it might be to sign up to your email list, or it might just be to follow you on Instagram. So it's attracting people using some sort of idea or content or an advert, and then getting them to a conversion so that they change their relationship with you, essentially. A sales funnel is really good because they can be automated. If you're launching a new product, actually getting people to find out more about the product and then actually make a purchase, it can be very time consuming and very tedious if you're going to do that one at a time. Whereas a sales funnel can actually be automated so that once you set up all of the pages and connect them together, you can be pushing out the content and attracting people into your funnel. And then if the funnel has been set up correctly, it will convert them to whatever it is you want them to be converted to. So followers, fans, customers. Obviously, these are fantastic for creatives who are wanting to start a creative business because it means once you've set up your funnel, you can concentrate on doing what it is you enjoy most, which is obviously creating the content in the first place. So the content marketing pieces are things like podcast episodes and blog posts and maybe things that you post on social media and all these things attract people into your world. And then if the sales funnel part is taking care of the conversion, then you can just forget about onboarding them to become customers and you can just concentrate on just making the fun stuff. Now, the problem with sales funnels is a lot of people find them difficult. So the actual tech side of things can be difficult to set up, but also people avoid them because they think they're sleazy. And unfortunately, because sales and marketing funnels work so well, There are sales and marketers who use them to not sell creative products and not necessarily in an authentic way. So people tend to avoid sales funnels because they think they're a bit sleazy and creepy and, you know, bro marketer-esque and that they're not a creative thing at all. So keep listening to this podcast because I'm here to convince you that these don't have to be sleazy at all. They can be a fun, natural extension of the relationship that you're having with your customer or your audience approach it with a non-sleazy, non-manipulative approach, and then they don't have to be sleazy at all. The thing about avoiding building a sales funnel because you think it is sleazy, if you're thinking that process is sleazy, then you're probably going to think any other sales process is sleazy. Creatives are very good at making stuff and not necessarily so great at selling stuff. If you think it's sleazy, it's because you're trying to manipulate people. 
if you're actually genuinely solving a problem for somebody or making their life better and you're confident in your ability to deliver on that promise, then any sales process, whether it's a sales funnel or whether it's in person, one-on-one, etc., it doesn't need to be sleazy at all. It doesn't need to be manipulative and trickstery. It can just be a genuine communication of the benefits of the thing that you're offering. And if the audience member is interested enough in that transformation or that benefit or entertainment, whatever it is your creative product is offering, then it's not sleazy at all. Now, the reason I'm aware that creatives think sales and marketing funnels are sleazy is because I used to think that. I used to think that sales funnels were the domain of the bro marketer, and I'm saying that in quotes. You know, so if you see ads on Facebook for these kind of click funnels and things, then it it feels very high-pressure salesy, and some people might find that sleazy. And it certainly can come across as sleazy if people are being manipulative in those techniques. And so I resisted using them in my business for many years. But the thing is, I could see the results that people around me were getting from them. And so when I actually got over that fear of thinking I'm going to have to become a sleazy marketer to use these, I started to look at how I can actually use them to automate the sales process. And so if you think about it, when you go into a nice homewares store or Lush, I love going into Lush and smell all the soaps, and then you leave with something and it's not a high pressure situation at all. I really think that depending on whether you're going to buy a used car from a used car salesman, which is a high pressure environment, or if you're in Smiggle, you know, choosing which glitter pen to use, shopping should be fun, right? And if it's for creative pursuits and the whole vibe of the shop is creative and it's fun and it's playful, even office works, everyone loves walking around office works and nobody's there trying to pressure you into buying colored markers. You're in there because it's fun and you need them and it's going to help you be more creative. So I overcame my fear of sales funnels being sleazy when I actually started thinking about any shopping experience. I don't like high pressure sales environments, but I do like shopping when the environments are creative and fun. So I started to think about how could I apply that to my online sales process. Now, the reason I got over my fear of sleazy sales funnels is that every time it it came time to launch something or make a new offer, it just was exhausting because you're starting from scratch. If you haven't got an email list filled with people who are interested in what you're doing, if you haven't got an automated pipeline, which is attracting people who are out there beyond your inner social reach. If you haven't got an automated process which is attracting those people towards your world and nurturing them and giving them lots of value, if you haven't set that process up in the first place, it's exhausting to just go out and find random people and say, hey, I made a thing, do you want to buy it? And unfortunately, creative people in particular, they think that their product or service should be just so beautiful and so attractive that they don't actually need to go and find anybody, that they'll just you know, build a following of people that are interested in looking at their stuff. And the thing is, there are people out there who work really hard on making their Instagram the most beautiful place on the planet, and they attract lots of people, they get lots of followers. But if they're not looking to buy what you're offering, when it comes time to sell stuff, it's going to be just as difficult whether you've got 100,000 followers or 10, because if you've not attracted the right people, they're not here to buy what you're selling, they're here to look at the pretty pictures you're making. So Just because you've got a big Instagram following doesn't necessarily mean that you've got a ready-made pool of people to sell to. People tend to make that mistake when they see large followings on social media. They just automatically assume that you're going to be a millionaire every time you open your mouth about something you've got to sell. Even the big accounts need sales funnels because you've got to actually nurture the right types of people to get onto your email list so that they are ready and primed to buy what it is you've got to sell when it is you're going to sell it. 
Now, the other thing that can stop people building a sales funnel, and this is very valid, I mean, it can be quite tricky to set up, is the tech. But the fact is, every piece of tech is difficult. And if you want what's on the other side badly enough, you either fix it with sheer grit and learning, you know, teach yourself how to build this thing, or you do the opposite, which is to pay money and then someone else solves the problem for you. If you want a cheap website that you build yourself, you teach yourself WordPress and you build it all from the ground up. And then if you are prepared to pay a bit of money, you can get a template. And then if you're prepared to pay more money, you can get something like the Squarespace website. And then if you're prepared to pay even more money, you can have an all-in-one solution such as Kajabi. So there's various levels of difficulty versus price. If you are completely overwhelmed by the tech and that's what's stopping you doing it, just bite the bullet and pay for a ready-made service, which is what I've done. I use Kajabi. And yes, it costs a lot more than gaffer taping everything together for free, but it solves all my problems and the tech overwhelm goes away. But the fact is, the tech overwhelm isn't that difficult. You can actually join a Squarespace or a WordPress website to a free email service provider like MailChimp or ConvertKit, and you can add on all of the bits as you need them. It's entirely up to you to just work out, do I want to pay for this to be solved or am I going to roll up my sleeves and do some YouTubing and find out how to actually join these things together so that I get a functioning sales funnel? There's no right way. You've just got to decide if the tech overwhelm is getting in the way, can I just pay to solve this? Now, the thing is, whatever method you choose, once it's done, it's done. The beautiful part about building one sales funnel is it's then super easy to set up 20 sales funnels. Because once you've overcome the tech once, you can just rinse and repeat the process. And you can have lots of different lead magnets and lots of different types of traffic and lots of different experiments where you're sharing things on Pinterest, or you might be trying Facebook ads, or you might do YouTube videos. There's lots of different ways to publish stuff out there that attracts people to then go through your funnel and follow the steps as to whether it's opt-in for a lead magnet or to buy a low-cost product and then you upsell them to a higher-cost product, whether it's just purely to attract people onto your list or whether you're just trying to build a big following on social media. All of those goals are achievable once you've got your funnels in place and then you can just start attracting people towards you. I hope that I've convinced you that you need a sales funnel. So if you're creative and you're thinking about starting a creative business or you're already in business and you have products and services on offer and you're wanting to automate the client acquisition process, then I'm going to talk you through now the steps, how to build a non-sleazy sales funnel. These are the steps that I go through whenever I'm setting up my own sales funnels or whether I'm working with my students and helping them to set up their first funnel. Let's dive into each of the steps that you can take to build and launch your first non-sleazy sales funnel. Step one is to create a lead magnet. Now, this is sort of the first of the sleazy language because a lead magnet sounds like it's a weird thing. It doesn't sound creative at all. Try and think of it as a creative problem solver. It might be that somebody's struggling with something that you find super easy or that you've overcome and you can easily make a nice PDF or a nice little quiz or a cute little fill in the blanks, something or other, just some sort of offering that you can make available via email so that somebody can get a quick win. And that's often the best way to attract people onto your email list. And I'm guessing that you've probably downloaded the odd freebie or 10 like I have. And so you know the process. You go to a web page and you give them your name and email address. And then on the other side of that, they'll email you a link to something or they'll give you a direct link to the page and it's a free thing and hopefully there's instructions that come with it as to how to use the free thing 
if it's really useful, you have a good feeling about that person and then all of a sudden you're on their mailing list and they start communicating with you about all of the stuff that they've got on offer. A lead magnet is just purely a way to attract people onto an email list. And you might have heard of it described as a freebie or maybe an ethical bribe. A cute, well-designed PDF that just gives somebody a, a quick win in a few minutes is what you're after, just something to attract people. It might also be free templates. You could make free mood boards or something in Canva. They're really popular as a thing to give away, especially if you're then upselling them onto other templates. It gives them a taste of what you're offering and how good your quality of service is and how good your design skills are, whatever it is that you're trying to package and sell, you can give away a little taste of it first. If you think about it, you know, when you go to the supermarket, people are saying, please buy such and such, but here's a free sample. It's that idea that they give away something for free in the hope that you'll hang there and, and take the journey with them to go into become a customer. Once you've got your lead magnet, you need to find a way to communicate with the outside world that it exists and what the benefits are and also find a way to capture their name and email address. So this is known as an opt-in page. And because of all the laws around the world, and there's lots of them that are different in different countries, so especially in Europe, they're very specific. You can't just trick people into giving you their email address and then start smashing them with spam. You have to be quite clear and explicit that in exchange for your email address, I'm going to give you a free thing and then you can unsubscribe at any time if you don't want to be on my mailing list, but the fact is subscribing to my mailing list is part of the deal. So that's what the opt-in page is actually doing. It's communicating that information and facilitating the email exchange. Once you've got the opt-in page, and that could be either set up in your WordPress site or your Kajabi site, or your email service provider might actually have a landing page builder. I think MailChimp now has a way to build a landing page, which just literally captures the name and email address as well as giving away some data. And then once you've got that set up, you can actually set up an email sequence. Now, the best email sequences happen over a few days because I don't know about you, I download a bunch of free stuff and then forget about it. <laughs> so it's often a good idea to receive another email a couple of days later that says, hey, how are you going? Did you enjoy the freebie that I sent you? And then I'm like, oh, that's right. I downloaded a freebie from this person and I forgot to download it. So having an, an automated email sequence that follows up with the person who downloaded the freebie is a really good idea. I actually appreciate it on the customer side. It's like a prompt or a reminder. And so three emails is usually a good sequence. The first email delivers the opt-in. So it actually says, thank you for downloading my free thing. Here's the link to it. Um, then maybe a couple of days later, how are you going with the thing? Do you need any help? Do you have any questions? And then maybe the third email might be an invitation to do something else. You might have a paid offer that springboards off that free first thing. Or you might ask them to join a Facebook group or you might let them know that there's a webinar or a masterclass or, you know, just something else coming up. And then from there, you can drop them into your normal weekly mailing list. Step four is to create an offer because the whole point of a sales funnel is to make sales, right? So giving away freebies is lovely and that makes you very popular and friendly and nice, but it'll put you out of business if you don't actually have something to sell. And it really makes sense if the offer is related to the freebie because there's no point giving away free Canva templates if you're then going to ask them to buy an accounting software package. Like you might offer both of those things, but one needs to lead on to the other. Otherwise, the customer will just be confused. It's like going to a shoe shop and being sold muffins. It's like, well, I like muffins, but I'm here for shoes. Create an offer that's related to the lead magnet. There's several ways that you can upsell people on this offer. So the email sequence you've just set up previously 
that could be where you could let them know about the offer. But another great place is in the thank you page. So step five in this nine step process is to create a thank you page that redirects them to somewhere else. A lot of people waste that opportunity that once somebody's given you their email address on the opt-in page that you then go, your freebie's being delivered, thanks for opting in. It's like that's a really wasted opportunity. That page, that thank you page that they're sent to after they've opted in, that's where you can upsell them on your low-priced offer. So if you've got something for 20 30 bucks, you can let them know about it or at least invite them to join you in a Facebook group or invite them to follow you on Instagram or give them a little welcome video to say, hey, thanks for downloading the freebie. This is a bit more about me, which kind of builds your authority. So use that thank you page in a value-added kind of way. Then step six is to set up an onboarding sequence, especially if you've got an offer that requires people to do something like download and install stuff, or if it's a template, they might need instructions how to actually access the template and then how to edit the template. All of those things need instructions as to how to get the most out of the offer. You might also have an onboarding sequence as to how to get the most out of the lead magnet, because I have a free lead magnet, which is a content strategy template. And I certainly get emails from people going, this is amazing, but I've no idea how to use it. (laughs) So it made it clear to me that I need to do an onboarding sequence to show people how to actually get the most out of the free thing that they downloaded. And that's just, again, another value add, because there's no point giving away free stuff that nobody gets any value out of, because if they can't work out how to use it, they don't get success and then they don't give you a test testimonial or have a good feeling about you. So onboard them onto your offer or your free thing or both, and then make sure that they go through the process and get a successful outcome. That's the funnel part of it, those first six steps. Then the final three steps is the content marketing, which fills the funnel. Step seven is to develop your content strategy. As I just mentioned before, I have a free template and the core of that template is to actually decide what the purpose of this funnel is. Obviously, if you're giving away a lead magnet, you might be wanting to increase the number of people on your email list. Or if you're inviting people to join you in a Facebook group, that might be the goal this month, that you want to onboard 20 people into your Facebook group. So decide what it is, and then you can actually make sure that all the content is aligned towards achieving that goal. Once you've developed your content strategy, you can actually then create the content. Content marketing is a whole other thing, but it's a really important part of your funnel because unless you're just going to drive Facebook ads to a highly converting sales page, which is kind of high level advanced funnel building, if you're just building your first funnel, you need to try a bunch of stuff and see what's converting and what's working because some stuff resonates and some stuff doesn't. So you've got to try a bunch of stuff, pick the thing that works and then leverage and improve that. So creating your content as a way to attract people who are interested in the free thing and then convert them into customers, followers, fans, etc., and then upsell them to the paid thing. All of that content needs to be in alignment. Again, you can't be selling shoes and then giving away free muffins and then a haircut. It's all confusing. It's got to be about this one singular journey that the customer takes from the wide mouth of your funnel down to the pointy end of your funnel. It's all in alignment. So your content is part of that. Think of your content as being the way to fill the funnel. You've got this large funnel where maybe a thousand people are coming and downloading your lead magnet and then maybe 10% of them are converting into customers. So out of every thousand people you get into the, the big end of your funnel, you'll end up with 10 customers at the pointy end of your funnel. The content is the free stuff like a podcast episode or a blog post that attracts people into that funnel. And then the final step, step nine, is to test and launch your funnel. 
you'll never launch a perfect funnel first off. It's always a case of putting all the pieces in place, having a strategy, having a goal, and then launching it and then iterating and testing on that idea. Some bits are going to work, some bits are not going to work so well. So you've got to accentuate the positives and just keep refining the process. And the point about a funnel is once it's set up, you don't need to then build the funnel over and over again. You just refine the pieces. It's the content and it's the way that you fill the funnel is the thing that you keep refining over time. Now, I have a creative funnel formula course that will teach you all of this stuff step by step, and it's coming up very soon. Head to my website if you're interested in signing up for the creative funnel formula. It will be launching in August, so head to dominiquefowler.com and see where it's at. I hope this episode has helped persuade you that creative entrepreneurs need a sales funnel. And if you're worried about it being sleazy, make it non-sleazy. Make it a fun, creative, cool sales experience. Now that you know the steps, are you ready to build your first non-sleazy sales funnel? Now, the good news is I have a free funnel launch checklist. And so if you download that, you can start planning your launch and make sure that you know all of the steps in advance. There's a lot of steps. I'm not going to lie to you. So in the funnel checklist, they're all there listed out, but they basically come under the nine categories of steps or actions that we've talked through today in the podcast. So head over to dominiquefowler.com forward slash blog forward slash episode 40. That's four zero for all the links mentioned in the show notes. And I'll be back next week with another episode of the Creative Spark podcast. If you enjoyed today's topic and want to go a little deeper, head over to dominiquefowler.com for all the resources mentioned in the episode. Please also head over to Apple or Spotify podcasts and leave a rating and a review. Remember to subscribe while you're there because it's easy to miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Spark podcast. I'm your host, Dominique Fowler. And I'll be back again next week with another spark to light up your creative business.